Amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise and a horn praise this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We're so grateful that we're on the Lord's parking lot one more time. He's blessed us to see another Sunday, this fourth Sunday in the month of May, and we're just so grateful to the Lord for our being here. Now, church family, the Lord gives us common sense, too, and we can't be so holy that we forget to use common sense. So we're going to make a couple of adjustments in the service time this morning just because it's already hot, and I've got to be concerned about these folks who are out here in the sun. Y'all sitting in your cars, and, you know, you got your A.C. if you want it, but I got to be concerned about these folks who are out here in this sun as well. So um, just keep in mind there may be a couple of minor adjustments made on this morning, but we're just grateful to be here again on this, again, the fourth Sunday in the month of May. Uh, thank you for coming to the service here at Roanoke Salem Missionary Baptist Church. Our motto here is that this is the end of your search for a friendly church, and we try our very best to live up to that motto. Our mission statement is from the book of St. Matthew, chapter 28, the last two verses. Jesus said, Go ye therefore and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. For those who may not know, Roanoke Cell Missionary Baptist Church is located just outside of the wonderful town of Garrysburg. We're just a mile from Garrysburg, and we're located in beautiful Northampton County. Thank the Lord for Derek and April and Jasmine and Steve and, and Marvin and Elijah and Rick this morning who are out here, as they are almost every Sunday. Uh, using, the, using their talents, their God-given talents to praise the Lord and give him glory. We're going to have an opening selection and we'll continue on with the order of service. Thank you, Lord, for the breeze. Hallelujah. I'm pressing on The earthward way New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I'm onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. My heart has no desire to stay where doubts arise and fears dismay though some may dwell where these abound my prayer my aim is high higher ground one more verse I want to scale your most high and catch a gleam of glory bright but still I pray to heaven I found Lord lead me on to high, higher ground come on put your hand together Lord lift me up Lord lift me up and let me Stand and let me stand. My faith on heaven, faith on heaven, table land. Oh, 
Thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. We want to take time now to welcome those who are worshiping with us this morning by way of uh, Facebook Live. Thank you wherever you are for being with us this morning. For those who are listening in on our conference call number, thank you for listening in this morning. And certainly for all of you all who have pressed your ways here to the parking lot on this Sunday morning. We thank you, thank you, thank you. Also want to just share a couple of things by way of announcement. Um, it's a tough thing to have to share, but I think by now many of you know that we lost Deacon Woodrow Sonny Harding Jr. on Friday night. Um, I got a call from his cousin Cassandra on yesterday and she said that she was informed uh, at Hampton Woods that Sonny had passed on Friday night. Um, a tremendous loss to our church family, a tremendous loss to the Garrysburg and Northampton County community, a tremendous loss to many of us personally, and, and, and certainly, certainly just a tremendous loss to me personally. Uh, I, I feel the same way I did now that when, when Deacon Osby passed away, is I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just stunned, but after taking the time to, to deal with the raw emotions of losing somebody that, that the Lord has used to bless you and that you love, I also have to reflect on the fact that just like Nate, Sonny knew the Lord. Sonny was saved. Sonny was ready to go home at whatever point in time the Lord called him home. And I am a firm believer in this, and I hope this may help somebody today. The Lord knows how our days are going to be. He doesn't just know the number of our days. He knows what kind of days we will have. And I don't believe for a second that the Lord wants any one of his saints to be in physical or emotional suffering and turmoil for any prolonged period of time. And so when the Lord may know that 
your days on this side of eternity are not going to be quality days. Sometimes I believe the Lord says, come on home, son. Come on home, daughter, and be with me, Will. Where every day is going to be Sunday and Sabbath will have no end. So I'm dealing with this just knowing, first and foremost, that Sonny's soul is saved. And I'm dealing with this believing that the Lord called him home because the Lord wanted Sonny to have the best quality of life that he could have. And that was no longer going to be on this side. So um, funeral arrangements are not complete. As soon as we know, we will let you know. But um, just continue to, in your own way, whatever way it helps you to think upon the good memories of, of Sonny and all that he meant to so many of us. And we're going to miss him, but we're going to also continue to cherish and honor his memory. We're going to now um, get ready for offering, and y'all come right on. I'm going to ask the deacons to come on up to the off to, to the communion table at this time church family this is what we're going to do this morning as soon as lisa and wayne take up the offering the deacons are going to then go ahead matter of fact deacons y'all come on we're going to go ahead and start handing out the communion elements now so that when we get to that part of service there'll be one less thing we'll have to do and i'm talking strictly in terms of time so, deacons, come on, come forward, please. smile on your face this is another test it won't last always so get ready get ready for your blessing blessing get ready get ready for your miracle get ready for your blessing get ready for your miracle You've been hurting deep down inside. Let me encourage you, it's gonna be alright. Troubles and trials they come to make you strong. Keep on believing, you keep holding on. So get ready, get ready for your blessing, for your blessing. Get ready, get ready for your miracle.
God. Let me encourage you. It's going to be all right. Troubles and trials come to make you strong. Keep on believing. You keep holding on. So get ready. Get ready for your blessing. Get ready for your miracle. We're going to have the sermonic, so let's thank you, uh, you church family, for being patient and understanding. Thank you, deacons. When you all come back, I'll serve you before we have the, service, the communion service. And thank you, Lisa and, and Wayne. We're going to have a sermonic selection, and we're going to continue on with the order of service.
with a compass for my way. You're the fire and light when nights are long and cold. In sadness, you are the laughter the shadows on my fear when I'm all alone. Your hand is there to hold.
to your name Father, Son and Holy Ghost Jehovah the Most High God the Almighty God the only true and living God Hallelujah Thank the Lord for these musicians on this morning. Yes, sir. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you now ready to hear your word. Lord God, I pray that spiritual hearts and minds will be fertile ground to receive. And Holy Spirit, use me as you will to teach and preach your word with clarity and conviction. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer, Jesus, in your name I pray. Amen. Thank you for your patience, church family. I won't be before you long. If you'll quickly turn to the gospel of St. Luke in the New Testament, St. Luke chapter 1, verses 23 through 25. I thought about this woman from the Bible that most of us know. We don't know her but perhaps as well as some of the other women in the Bible, but, but she is a well-known figure in the Bible, and she has a very, very significant life situation that I think is a blessing to all of us. Luke chapter 1, verses 23 to 25, I'm reading from the New International Version. This is what it says, and when he, when he is talking about uh, the priest John, excuse me, the priest Zechariah. When Zechariah's time of service was completed, he returned home to his, he returned home, verse 24. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant, and for five months she remained in seclusion. Verse 25, Elizabeth says, the Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Can we just reason together for a very few minutes on this thought? The Lord will do this for you. The Lord will do this for you. I think most Christians believe that God loves us, but sometimes I know it's easy for us to take his love for granted. I, I can only speak for myself, but some of you all may have those moments and times when you kind of somehow take God's love for granted, but one of the many ways he proves how much he loves us is because he does things to bless us and to help us. Amen. When God the Father sent Jesus to save all humanity from our sins, the Father did that to bless us and to help us. 
The Bible has many examples of God doing things to bless us and help us, and especially those people who have faith in him. Like I said last week, or I think it was last week, being a Christian is not part of an exclusive club, but membership does have its privileges. And one of the privileges of being a Christian is God is always looking for opportunities to bless and help those who claim and who have submitted to Jesus Christ. Here in the Gospel of St. Luke, there is a woman named Elizabeth. She was a descendant of the tribe of Aaron. In other words, Elizabeth's family were the priests for all the tribes of Israel. Elizabeth is married to a man named Zechariah, and Zechariah was a priest. In uh, St. Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, we find out the Bible says that Zechariah and Elizabeth, both of them, were upright in God's eyes. In other words, God considered them righteous because they obeyed his commandments and they obeyed his regulations. And then it says, in the, in the NIV, it says, blamelessly. Now, that word blamelessly is key to you and me because that doesn't mean they were perfect. That doesn't mean that they got it right. They didn't dot every I and cross every T all the time. What it does mean is that when Zechariah would sin, if he were to sin, if Elizabeth were to sin, they would quickly, quickly ask the Lord for forgiveness. And because um, Zechariah was a priest, then he could go in and make whatever sacrifices that were, that were necessary. So you and I should strive to live a blameless life. That means that the devil, the accuser of the brethren and the sisters of Christ, he won't be able to accuse us of anything because if we have sinned, we have confessed them. And Jesus is there right now as our advocate on the right-hand side of the Father saying, Father, uh-uh, I paid for that. Devil, you can just take that one somewhere else because I already paid for that. Now, it may sound like that Elizabeth and Zechariah were super saints, but they were not. And like I've already told you, blamelessly means that when they would sin, they would go ahead and confess it and get it right with God. So they live the life that you and I can live as well if we have made up minds to try our best to live for the Lord. We find Zechariah and Elizabeth going about just living their lives, and they've been married for many years now, and, and they're old. But they don't have any children because Elizabeth was barren. In other words, she could not bear children. In those days, and I think it's still true today in certain cultures around the world, but especially in those days, and it's sad, but it's true, it's the way it was, a woman's value was largely determined, determined by her ability to have children. So if a woman couldn't have children, the women who did have children, they would publicly shun and humiliate the barren woman. And a barren woman's husband was put to shame. But, but Elizabeth's story is for all of us. And, I, and especially now, I, I don't want the men to zone out because this is for you too. That's for all of us. When we are faced with adversity, as Elizabeth was, we have to choose how we will handle it. Elizabeth could have been angry. When people are constantly staring at you and pointing at you and saying how worthless you are, it, it might make you want to lay some hands on somebody, and I ain't talking about holy hands neither. But she didn't get angry. Elizabeth could have been depressed and withdrawn. 
She knew that Zachariah, her husband, was suffering public humiliation just like she was from cruel and insensitive people. And we got a lot of cruel and insensitive people in the world today, but, but that's all right. God's got something for them too. But, but Elizabeth had another choice, and that's the one she took. She chose to keep believing that God loved her and that he answers prayer. Amen. You know, there's even a song, Keep On Believing that God answers prayer. Well, it's true. And I know that's right because if you go down to verses 20, in verses 23 and 25, by the time we get there, God has completely changed Elizabeth's situation. Let me give you the backstory. Zechariah, like I told you, was the priest, and there were several priests, and there was a time of the year that each one of the priests was supposed to go into the temple and go into the, the inner sanctuary of the Holy of Holies, and that priest would alone go in and offer sacrifice for the people, spend a certain amount of time there offering sacrifice. Well, when Zechariah went in this particular time, the angel, the archangel Gabriel appeared to him, and Gabriel told Zechariah, you and Elizabeth are going to have a son, and the son's name is going to, when he comes, you name him John. Now, Zechariah, being human, just like you and I, even though that you think about it, here's an angel standing before you. You recognize this being as being an angel, and yet and still, you still got some doubt. So after Gabriel told Zechariah that he and Elizabeth would have a son, Zechariah simply asked the question, well, wait a minute now. How's this going to happen? And because of that, Gabriel said, okay, I'm going to show you what I can do. He said, now, because you asked me that question, I'm paraphrasing here, you're not going to speak from this moment forward until the time the son is born. And sure enough, as soon as he said that, Zachariah lost his ability to speak. So he came out from the inner sanctuary. He came out to the temple, and the people wanted him to say some things, and he couldn't say anything. He had to write on the tablet because they quickly recognized that he couldn't speak. And, Zach, and Zechariah did not speak anymore until, in fact, Elizabeth gave birth to their son. But let's look at these three verses real quickly, 23, 24, and 25. Verse 23, Zechariah's duty, his time to be the priest is over, and he goes back home to Elizabeth. In verse 24, it says, as soon after he got home, Elizabeth becomes pregnant. Even though she was old, even though she was supposedly barren, she becomes pregnant, which was fulfilling Gabriel's prophecy. Verse 25, this is the proof I offer you that even all those years while Elizabeth was watching other uh, women give birth and watching them raise their children and they have happy families and, and while she was being shunned publicly and her husband was put to shame, Verse 25 is the proof that she never doubted God and she never stopped believing that God would bless her and help her. Because in verse 25, when Elizabeth realizes that she's pregnant, she says, the Lord has done this for me. Amen. Elizabeth recognized that it wasn't some new medical procedure. It wasn't that she went to uh, the witch doctor over in Bertie County somewhere and had some some things spread out on a table. Nobody read any tarot cards. Elizabeth recognized that only the Most High God could have done what happened for her. This is what she said. The Lord has done this for me. And then she continues. She says, in these days, the Lord has shown his favor and he has taken away my disgrace among the people. Amen. 
Elizabeth's story is for all of us. And here's, here's what we need to understand. When we choose to believe, the Lord wants to bless us and help us in spite of our circumstances. The Lord will do this for you. I wonder how many times Elizabeth was out in public and women with children said awful things about her. I wonder how many times men asked Zachariah if Elizabeth was barren because of some hidden sin in his life or in her life. I wonder how many times Elizabeth cried because she knew that Zachariah was disappointed that they didn't have any children. But still, even through it all, in the face of trauma and turmoil, I believe that Elizabeth kept on praying to God. I believe that Elizabeth kept on giving God praise. I believe that Elizabeth kept on telling herself that God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. He's not just good when things are good for us. He's good all the time. And we've got to get that mindset, brothers and sisters in Christ, even in the midst of our storms, our trials, our tribulations, our uncertainties about life, God is still good all the time. And just because we don't know what he's doing, that doesn't mean that God is not moving and working on our behalf. Amen. God supernaturally changed Elizabeth's barren womb into a fertile womb because Jehovah God's power defies the laws of old age. Old age can't stop God from doing anything he wants you to do. You can be 50, 60, 70, 80, 120. If God has something for you to do, if he's got some work for you, God will empower you supernaturally to do exactly what he wants you to do. Amen. I want you to know this Sunday morning, whatever challenges you may have in your life right now, right in this very moment, keep your faith in Jesus Christ. Whatever needs to be done, the Lord will do this for you. St. Matthew chapter 21, verse 22 says, And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Do I have a witness that God will do for you whatever it is you need done? And, and, let, and, let me, and let me put a point right here this Sunday morning. It's especially important, I think, that I say this. You know, we also know there's a passage of Scripture, I think it's in 2 Corinthians, maybe there, that says that whatever we ask according to his will. Church family, we can't tell God what to do. We make petitions. We make requests. But God knows what's best for us. And sometimes what we want him to do is not what he does. But you got to have enough faith in the Lord to know whatever he chooses to do for you is always the right thing. It's always the best thing for you. And some of us ought to have lived long enough now to be able to go back in our, our memory and think about where God has brought us from. And we should have a testimony that whatever it is God needs to do for us, that's exactly what he will do. He did two things for Elizabeth. Number one, he gave her favor. All of us should want God's favor. Psalm 5 and 12 says, For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him or her with favor as with a shield. God's favor is like a shield. Psalm 184, 11 says, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. Nothing good does the Lord withhold from them who walk uprightly. What does that word uprightly there mean? Simply blamelessly. Not perfect, but blamelessly. God doesn't withhold any good thing when we walk blamelessly before him. Amen. 
God's favor opens doors of opportunity that no man can close. I'll go further than that. God's favor creates doors of opportunity that did not exist until he creates them. And I'm a living witness because I ended up in Washington, D.C. for 10 years for a job I never applied for, I never asked about. I, I got a job that paid me good money for 10 years, and all I did was just be at home, and the Lord decided that he wanted to bless me with that job. And when he was ready to bless me, he had somebody from Washington, D.C. call me and say, hey, I heard you had been in Florida, and you're back in North Carolina, and you don't have a job. We got a job for you. Do you want it? That's exactly how it happened. That's exactly how it happened. Just like I said it, that's how it happened. So he gave Elizabeth favor. Number two, here's what he did. God took away Elizabeth's disgrace among the people. Many of us have had some event or some situation in our lives that caused us disgrace or shame. You might have one right now. And people, most of us, we won't let you forget your time of disgrace or your time of shame. But when God is with you and when God is for you, God will completely remove your disgrace and your shame. God will wipe, you, wipe your slate clean. Listen to the book of Zephaniah, chapter 3, verse 19. It says, Behold, I am going to deal at that time. This is the Lord speaking. With all your oppressors, all them folk that are talking about you, all them haters, the Lord says, I'm going to deal with them. And then he says, I will save the lame and gather the outcasts, and I will turn their shame their disgrace into praise and renown in all the earth. The Lord will take that very thing that you have been shamed about, you've been disgraced by, and he'll turn it around and he'll make it something that will, he'll wipe your slate clean and then you'll get praise and renown among the same folk that were talking about you just two weeks before. God is able. He responded positively to Elizabeth's prayers because he was pleased with her life. Remember, I told you back in uh, the first part of this, this chapter, chapter 1, verses 5 through 7, verse 6 says that Elizabeth was upright in God's eyes. That simply means Elizabeth had made up her mind that come hell or high water, she was going to do whatever God said was right. What about you and me? Some of us want God's blessings and we want his help, but are we trusting him and are we doing our best to obey him? I always like to use that phrase, doing your best. Because you know and God knows what your best is. I don't know. I can't judge you on what it is you're doing in terms of whether or not you're really giving God your best effort. But God knows. So if you want him to bless you, if you want him to help him, you got to live right too. You got to do your best to, to, to trust him and be obedient to his word. Amen. Whether we like it or not, church family, God rewards obedience. In Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 26 and 28, Moses told the Israelites, See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today. The curse if you disobey the commands of the Lord your God and turn, away, turn from the way I command you today by following other gods, which you have not known. Acts chapter 5 verse 29. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. Here's the real truth. I choose to live in sin, and God won't bless me. He won't help me because he's a holy God, and he cannot and he will not bless my sin. But the good news is 
The very moment anybody, you, me, or anybody, decides to stop living to please myself, and I humble myself and give my life to Jesus Christ, I place myself under God's grace and mercy. Now I'm in position to receive God's blessing and his help. Now I can have confidence that when I pray in faith, God's going to hear. I know that's right because in St. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, Jesus told the people listening to him, do not worry about the necessities of everyday life. He said, because my father already knows everything that you need. He said, instead, seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, and then he will give us everything that we need. Divine blessing is what we need. Divine help is what we need. Emotional stability is what we need. Good mental and physical health is what we need. Enough money to take care of our own needs and be able to bless others and other resources. That's what we need. Elizabeth's life pleased the Lord, and he answered her prayers. And when our lives please the Lord Jesus Christ, he will do the same for you, and he'll do the same for me. The Lord's going to bless us, church family, if we do our best to trust him and to obey him. We can trust that the Lord will come through for us because he's already given us the greatest blessing and the most help we could ever have, and that's when he saved our souls. When did he do it? We know the story. He went on a cross on a hill called Golgotha. Sometimes we call it by the name Calvary. And the Lord Jesus Christ let sinful men nail him to that cross. He let sinful men put a sore in his side and out came his blood and his water. But he stayed on that cross even though he could have come down anytime he wanted to because he saw every one of us in this church parking lot today. He saw every person watching through Facebook Live. He saw every person listening on the phone. He saw every person all over the world who one day might want to be saved. He let them take him off that cross, Jesus did, and put him in a borrowed tomb. He stayed there the rest of what we call Good Friday. He stayed there all day Saturday and Saturday night. And then on a Sunday morning that we now call Easter, Jesus Christ got up with all power. He got up with all power in heaven, on earth, under the earth. All power the Father gave to Jesus as a reward for his obedience. And Jesus did it because he wanted to bless you and help you and help me. We can trust him. We can trust him. Whatever it is that you need, in spite of whatever circumstances you may be facing, please keep praying to God. Please keep praying to Jesus. Keep trusting Jesus and know that just like Elizabeth, how he blessed and helped her, the Lord will do this also for you. If there's anybody today who has heard this message, wherever you may be, and the Holy Spirit is moving on your heart, that it's time for you to Stop living a selfish, sin-filled life and give your life to Jesus. Please repeat this simple prayer right after me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Please forgive me for my sins. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you were raised from the dead. I ask you now to be my personal Lord and Savior. In your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer according to God's word, you are now saved. That means Jesus has written your name in the Lamb's book of life. 
And when you take your last breath on this side of eternity, heaven and paradise will be your home. Not only that, if you prayed that prayer, again, you have now positioned yourself to have the Lord Jesus begin to help you right now, right now today, with whatever it is that's going on that you need him to, to work on. You put your request, your petition before him. Tell him what it is you need or what you want, and then trust him to do what's right and what's best for you. I am assured by the word of God, the Lord will do this for you. I'm going to ask the musicians if they will just play softly. I'm going to ask the deacons to come back forward. Now we're going to go ahead and transition right into Holy Communion. Comes from the Lord, all of my 
Amen. The Bible tells us that Jesus had a final supper with his apostles, the 12 original disciples. One had gone, Judas Iscariot had left the room to go betray Jesus. So with the final 11 that was left, the Bible says that Jesus took a piece of bread and he prayed over it. He blessed it, the, old, the King James says. And then he handed it to each of the apostles sitting at the table and told them to take it and eat it because that piece of bread was going to represent his body that was going to be battered and bruised. And then in the same token, the Lord Jesus took a fruit, a cup with the fruit of the vine in it. And he prayed over that cup. Again, he did not drink from the cup himself, but he prayed over it. And then he handed it to the disciples and he asked them to each drink from that cup. He said, because this fruit of the vine represents yes. my blood that's going to be shed for the remission of your sins and he said do this often in remembrance of me okay to god be the glory deacon dupree is going to pray over our elements church family Let us pray. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's vein. And sinners plunge beneath that flood to lose all their guilt to stain. That dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day. Oh, then may I, no foul is he. Lord, wash all our sins away. Eternal everlasting, thou God the Father, the Father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We come on this Sunday morning just to say thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. 
Thank Heavenly you. Father, we want to thank you for our land down last night. I was sleeping in you early this morning. You taught us with a finger of love. And our eyes opened and dawned on a brand new day that we have never seen before. We said thank you. Thank you, Lord. We want to thank you for the message this morning. We want to thank you for the message. Now, Holy